Welcome to the Mahabharat Podcast. Success, position, opulence, accolades, influence and achievement, victory and legacy. Ram was furnished with all of these, as well as of being of character with a high degree of sensitivity to morality. And it is for this combination of success and values that Ram is famed as king and cited in the Mahabharat many millennia after his reign. Yudhishthir, also a man of great reason, of humanity and ethics, often questioned the morality of the path that one seems to have to tread in order to reign. The path to success and material possession is often fraught with trials and tribulations, oftentimes due to its highly competitive nature, a path which therefore requires unwavering commitment, and not one for the faint-hearted. Yudhishthira was quite simply never truly reconciled with this path, being described and even chastised by some, including his own mother, Queen Kunti, as being too reluctant of a leader. For reasons based on his morality and composure, Yudhishthira was indeed Krishna's pick for emperor, and Yudhishthir had the most powerful support, both morally and materially, to help propel him to reign. Let us see how Ram, the king of Ayodhya, features in inspiring Yudhishthir and the Pandava rise. In terms of his achievement, the first citation of Lord Ram is in connection with the Hall of Fame of Great Kings, to be found in the Dronaparva. With the Kurukshetra War on the verge of its turning point, the death of the teen Abhimanyu at the hands of multiple Guru warriors, the first and major transgression of the agreed-on rules of war, in the philosophy imparted at the time to Yudhishthir by the sage Vyasadev, featured the son of Dashrat, Ram. The shocking death of Abhimanyu had left the Pandava camp frozen in disbelief, and with Arjun returning to the camp to see the faces of his brothers being incapable of generating any kind of expression, Arjun's reaction would certainly be unprecedented. On making his famous vow to kill on the day that followed Jaidrat, or to kill himself before the setting of the sun, sent Yudhishthira's mind spiralling into philosophical thought 
centering around death and regret. Yudhishthira concluded in his mind that Arjun shall exterminate the Gauravas the following day. And indeed, on the day that followed, Arjun annihilated seven of eleven of the Gaurava Akshohinis after Dron's efforts to guard Jaidrat. Vyasadev, knowing of the mental turmoil that his dear grandchild Yudhishthira was so frequently plagued with, entered the Pandava battle camp, and in the dialogue that followed between Vyasa and Yudhishthira, Vyasadev shared of a conversation, a circumstance where another king of Yore, King Srinjaya, had had his young child and crown prince suddenly pass away. In the telling of the story by Vyasadev, Vyasa cites Narad Muni reciting the same, and in order to illustrate the temporary nature of our existence, even in the spheres of power and royalty, Narada emphatically cites 16 of the most famous monarchs of the land of Bharatvarsha, their individual qualities, their achievements, and what distinguished the standard of their rulership. The list of 16 monarchs includes King Brithu, Maharaj Bharat, Bhagirat Maharaj, Maharaj Yayati, Ambarish Maharaj, and the great Rantidev. Lord Ram is also cited amongst the 16. Narada's description of Lord Ram to King Srinjaya is as follows. Firstly, on the topic of rulership, Ram ruled the kingdom for 11,000 years, and his subjects always uttered his name. And while he ruled, the world became an extremely beautiful place, filling the entire earth with his achievements. Ram was much applauded, even by the renounced celestial sages. His subjects were as much delighted with him as a sire is delighted with the children of his loins. In consequence of his affectionate treatment of his subjects, the celestials too worshipped Ram. And the king, Ram, also performed a hundred horse sacrifices, as well as the great royal sacrifice called Jarutya. In terms of opulence and character, it is described that Ram was youthful in his shape, of a dark blue hue and of red eyes, possessed the tread of an infuriated elephant with muscular arms that reached his knees, and beautiful and massive leonine shoulders of great strength, and he was beloved to all creatures. Being possessed of every accomplishment, Ram always blazed forth with his own energy. Indeed, 
the son of Dashrath, greatly outshone every creature. Indeed, the mighty armed Ram slew in battle that descendant of Bulatsya's race, along with his kinsmen and followers. That demon who was incapable of being slain by the gods and demons together, by the name Ravan. Ram was endued with immeasurable energy, and countless virtues were there in him. Compassionate to all creatures, that king, having acquired diverse realms, protected his subjects virtuously. Next in the topic of achievements was the horse sacrifice, covered in the Adi Parva as well as the Ashwamedha Parva. The Adi Parva, being the very first Parva, indeed begins with the list of notable monarchs who conducted the horse sacrifice, a symbol of power and auspiciousness, to establish definitive rulership. In lists, it is not all kings who are in the line that are cited, many are skipped, but those who conduct great acts, including sacrifices, are remembered. Yudhishthir, being sometimes of a mild nature, due to his tendency to contemplate before acting, became hesitant to perform the horse sacrifice, and Vyasadev encouraged him by citing the activities of Ram. Vyasadev says, and even as Dashrat's son, Ram, or as Dushyant and Shakuntala's son, thy ancestor, the lord of the earth, King Bharat, had done, do thou agreeably to the ordinance, celebrate the horse sacrifice with the Dakshinas. Next in the field of achievements was Ram's role in the parampara, or passing down of knowledge, covered in the Anushasan Parva, the Book of Instruction. Ram was noted as a passer-on of teachings, specifically those concerned with leadership, and specifically in this story about the value of gold. Bhishma here imparts the same knowledge to Yudhishthir before leaving his body and says, Even this was said by the grandsire Brahma to Indra. Indra imparted it to Dashrat, and Dashrat in turn to his son Ram. Ram of Raghu's race imparted it to his dear brother Lakshman of great fame. And while dwelling in the woods, Lakshman imparted it to the sages. It has then come down from generation to generation, for the sages of rigid vows held it amongst themselves, as also the righteous kings of the earth. My preceptor, O Yudhishthir, conveyed this to me, and so are spoken of the glorious achievements of Ram.
Next are the citations concerning Ram and tribulation that he faced. Firstly, the story of the golden deer to be found in the Sabha Parva. Sage Vaisampayan, the traditional narrator of the Mahabharat, who spoke it at the great snake sacrifice of King Janamajaya, the great grandchild of Arjun, sometimes shared his own realizations and reflections as he narrated. As Vaisampayan was contemplating on the delusion of Yudhishthir to fall for the offer of the second gambling match by Shakuni and Duryodhan, the sage drew a comparison between Yudhishthir and Ram. He specifically reflects on how when certain results are destined, specifically those involving a downfall, the events in the lead-up often involve a lapse of intelligence, haste or panic, and an increase in emotion that ultimately cloud the judgment. The end is destined and the means come together to secure it. Here the sage Vaisampayan draws on Ram ahead of the fateful gambling match of the Pandavas. The sage says, Although a living animal that was made of gold was an impossibility, yet Ram suffered himself to be tempted by such a golden-looking deer. Indeed, the minds of men over whom calamities hang become deranged and out of order. The next reflection on the tribulations of Ram in the Mahabharata concerns Yudhishthir and is to be found in the Vanubharva. It is not only sage Vaisampayan who sees the resonance between Yudhishthir and Ram, but others also. After their exile of 14 years, the same duration as that of Ram, the Pandavas roved from forest to forest, and they once decided to go to a sacred lake by the forest called Dvaitavan. Sage Vaisampayan explains, in approaching the beautiful river Saraswati, Yudhishthira saw many ascetics crowned with success in the habitations of the forest, and virtuous men of sanctified souls clad in barks of trees and bearing matted locks on their heads. And descending from their cars, the king, that foremost of virtuous men, Yudhishthir, with his brothers and followers, entered that forest like Indra of immeasurable energy entering the heavens, and crowds of Jaranas and Siddhas, desirous of beholding the monarch, devoted to truth, came towards Yudhishthir, and the dwellers of the forest, 
stood surrounding that lion amongst kings, possessed of great intelligence, and saluting all of the Siddhas, and saluted by them in return, as a king or god should be, that foremost of virtuous men. The Pandavas entered the forest with joined palms, accompanied by the foremost of the regenerate ones. After some time, those chiefs of the Bharata race, Bhim and Dhananjay, as well as the twins and Krishna and their followers, all fatigued, leaving their vehicles, sat amongst themselves around the best of kings, Yudhishthir, and those five illustrious bowmen who had come there for rest, sitting under a tree, looked like a mountain with five huge elephants resting by its side. Accompanying them was the great sage Domya, their priest, who was like unto a father to them. Then there came as a guest unto the abode of the accomplished Pandavas, living in the woods after the loss of their kingdom, the ancient sage Markandeya, possessed of an intense and abundant energy. And that illustrious and all-knowing sage of unrivaled energy, beholding Draupadi and Yudhishthir and Bhim and Arjun, in the midst of the ascetics, smiled to himself, recollecting Ram in his mind. And Yudhishthir the just, apparently aggrieved at seeing this smiling of the sage, asked Markandeya, All of these ascetics around us are sorry for seeing me here. Is it that thou alone smilest, as if in glee, in the presence of all of these? And the sage Markandeya replied to Yudhishthir, O child, I too am sorry, and I do not smile in glee, nor doth pride born of joy possess my heart. Beholding today thy calamity, O dear child Yudhishthir, I recollect Ram, the son of Dashrat, devoted to truth. Even that Ram, accompanied by Lakshman, dwelt in the woods at the command of his father, Dashrat, O son of Prita. I beheld him in days of old, ranging with his bow on the top of the Rishimukha hills. The illustrious Ram was like unto Indra, the lord of Yam himself, and the slayer of Namuchi. Yet that sinless one had to dwell in the forests at the command of his father, accepting this as his duty. The illustrious Ram was equal to Indra in power and invincible in battle and yet he had to range the forest, renouncing all pleasures, just as you are now. Therefore, 
No one should act unrighteously, saying, I am mighty. The next story of Ram's tribulations concerns a citation of his misery when asked by Yudhishthir and can be found in the Van Parva. After the escape of Draupadi from Jaidrat and him seeking the counsel of Lord Shiva, Yudhishthir sat beside the sage Markandeya and inquired of him why such injustices seem to continue to happen to the Pandavas in spite of them not doing harm to others. Yudhishthir feeling despondent remarked to the sage Markandeya, Is there anyone who is more unfortunate than I am? Hast thou ever seen or heard of such an unfortunate one before? And sage Markandeya replied to Yudhishthir, O bull of the Bharata race, even Ram suffered unparalleled misery, for the evil-minded Ravan, the king of the demons, having recourse to deceit and overpowering the vulture friend of Ram's, by the name Jadayu, forcibly carried away his wife Sita from his asylum in the woods. Indeed Ram, with the help of Sugriv, brought her back, constructing a bridge across the sea and consuming Lanka with his keen-edged arrows. And sage Markandeya thereby again provided Yudhishthir some mental relief by highlighting that he was not alone in tribulation. And the final story, citing the tribulations of Ram, is concerned with Sita and can be found in the Virat Bharva. And it comes involving the situation where Draupadi who was living with her husbands, scattered into various menial roles across the kingdom of Virat as they seek to hide from the Kauravas. In the process, Draupadi, being as beautiful as she was, without the close proximity of her powerful Pandava husbands, found herself in a situation where Kichak the brother-in-law of the ruling king, Virat, makes a front to her. Draupadi, becoming extremely upset, seeks the solace and help of Bhim. Bhim comes and tries to reassure Draupadi by saying, O oh my dear Draupadi, thou may have heard that Janak's daughter, Sita, the princess of Videha followed her husband, Lord Ram, whilst living in dense woods, and that lady of graceful hips, Ram's beloved wife, afflicted with calamities and persecuted by the demons at length, finally regained the company of Ram 
and all was well. And so the examples of Ram and Sita have been revered and cited not only to the Pandavas, but between the Pandavas and their wife, Draupadi, with Ram having so many similar characteristics to Yudhishthir, even being described as justice itself in the Ramayan, with both of these great personalities being emblems of Dharma, it is no surprise that 13 of the 18 Bharavas of the Mahabharata feature Ram in terms of his accolades as well as his tribulations.